Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guests. Today, I'm joined by the founder and director of Owen Drew, which first began in the kitchen of his own home. So I'd like to present Drew Cockton. Thank you for having me. So for our listeners, Drew, tell us exactly what your company does. So Owen Drew is a multi-award winning uh, luxury fragrance and lifestyle brand. So we do everything from perfumes to scented candles, bath oils, beautiful soaps, home interiors, dressing gowns, sleep masks, all sorts, anything gorgeous and indulgent, and we make it. It sounds like I can't wait to delve deeper into this. So let's go back then, Drew, to when it first began. Your previous role was in finance, wasn't it? So where did the love of candles come from? Because it's completely different, isn't it? Yeah, totally different. Um, I've always loved scented candles and perfumes and bubble baths and, and things like that. In fact, when I was a little boy, I, I used to have a cupboard filled with all like radox and oh, really? and yeah, yeah. So it's it's always been something that I've loved, and I used to light candles in the evening after a stressful day at work, similar to. You know, that's what a lot of people do, I suppose. It's a it's a way to help you relax, isn't it? Definitely. I, back then, was buying uh, mass-produced candles from supermarkets and discount outlets and whatnot. But I was noticing that I was kind of having to redecorate my home every two years or so because the walls were getting so, so dirty. Um, like, you'd run your fingers on the, the plaster and there'd be grey soot on your fingers um, and that's because the type of candles that I was using give off soot and, and smoke when they burn um, because most mass-produced candles are made in China or Eastern Europe and they're made from paraffin wax which comes from petroleum so I started making my own from natural plant wax and they didn't do this um, so I was initially just making them for my own use um, but then I started having people ask if they could buy them from me and then I set up a Facebook page and started selling them and um, it kind of blew up overnight really. Um, by Christmas 2016 I was having a lot of late nights staying up making the candles. Obviously working in the finance role as well as this. Yeah I had a a quite a demanding job with a lot of um, European travel as well so it was tiring to say the least but I loved it. So Mm. let's go back to these candles then because I I noticed that as well I go through lots of candles as do lots of people because like you say they're relaxing they make you feel wonderful nice ambience but quite a lot do give off this black smoke and I'm wondering is that harmful for humans? Even quite high-end brands you know candles not naming any names you know in the 45 pound to 50 pound price price bracket um have this ingredient in and it's why the um the glass jar will go black and sooty and if you think that that's depositing all over the walls of your home and there's lots of lots of links in fact with asthma and um respiratory problems um so last year the government launched um, a clean air initiative 
think it probably been sidetracked what with all this uh, COVID yeah, yeah. drama. Um, but I, I think within the next 10 years, they'll be outlawed. A change, a um, change. Yeah, for sure. Wow. And do they have anything on the side of the candles to let you know the ingredients? I suppose they do, but, you know, the majority of people just smell don't, them, don't they? I'm going to have that. It smells oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. But you can see when the, the thing, the, you know, the, the jars get so dirty. Um, in fact, there was a, an article in the paper a few weeks ago. There was a woman who was burning um, a candle in her baby's bedroom. Wow. Um, like she thought it was you know, quite nice. It was like a fluffy blanket, the candle was called, something like that. And she noticed all sorts of um bits of black in the baby's <gasps> smoke in, in the baby's nose and it was not good that's not good at all is it so you were saying that you were sourcing i know on the brief it was saying you sourced some of the ingredients from the internet and mm -hmm. slowly began growing your your empire uh, from your kitchen um but without yep. giving you know your secret ingredients away what would where would one begin to make a candle well there's uh, I, i'm not fussy about giving secrets away. Um, I'll be making it in my kitchen later today. <laughs> you can get kits on the internet, you know, um, for, you know, under a hundred pounds that will have everything you need to get started really. It's, it's quite a straightforward process, but kind of building a business and everything that comes with it is kind of what I suppose my secret is, yeah. so to speak. Um, and that can't be copied as easily. Um, there's just been an explosion in the past couple of years of people making candles, and and you see we see them come and they go. Some some remain, but um, they think it's going to be really easy. It's not. No, no, it's, I would have thought so. Yeah. No. Yeah. Do you have any um, particular favourites that you've that you've made yourself, which maybe are your best sellers, or they're just your favourite? Yes. They, they mean something to you. So um, our best seller, sort of our company signature fragrance, is Calm, and we do that in a candle, we do that in a bath oil, a soap, a room mist, everything. But it's it's just absolutely gorgeous. We spray all our packaging with it. People go crazy for it. It's like a spa fragrance. It's oh, beautiful. Lovely lots of lovely orange essential oil and patchouli and lemongrass and lavender it's, it's really really gorgeous yeah yeah absolutely. so your little empire really started to take off and you were burning the candles at both ends so to speak yeah. juggling your financial role and your and sales demand for your candles so what happened next then when you know when did things start to change it you know what happened so it it, it literally went crazy um, Christmas 2016 to the point that I, on, on Saturdays, me and my partner like turned our house into a shop. So we cleared the living room and dining room, which are knocked through and literally strangers were coming in to buy them. So we'd advertised that we were doing an open house on Facebook and, you know, had a queue of people coming in. So it was crazy. Brilliant. You must have felt yeah. amazing. Thinking, God, the great, yeah. candles are taking off. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fabulous. So um, made a lot of money that Christmas. And then when I went back to work in the January and that kind of horrible January. Yeah. Dooming after Christmas, the weather. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. It's not making me happy. So I yeah, I quit my job to launch it full time and and you know, my family weren't <clears throat> happy. Um It's a massive gamble though, isn't it? Foolish uh risk, taking a huge foolish risk. 
Um, but I just think, you know, I, as I said at the time, what's the worst that can happen? I'll just get another job. Like if it doesn't work, but you know, I'm going to yeah. give this a go. And here we are uh, four years later. So no, three and a half years. It's just absolutely fantastic. I think it's Thank a great you. story. But what I do want to know is, did your kitchen ever function as it should or was it just completely chaos you know covered in wax and yeah no it wasn't too bad to be honest we stored all the supplies down in the cellar yeah um we made the candles in the kitchen um and all the online orders and everything were packaged up in the living room and dining room and then i'd go to the post office with a big sack of orders um but we're a much more slick operation nowadays yeah, yeah. not as chaotic and i think it's important to have the to kind of be able to close the door here yes we ended up taking a uh, a a kind of industrial premises in Birkenhead about three years ago and that was um after my partner he'd let he then quit his job too to 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 join me and we kind of started taking it to the next level from a little cottage um industry to proper business really so okay, when this is all going on then, so you've left your job and you're thinking, right, I'm really going to take this forward. You would have had to wear many different hats then, wouldn't you? Starting a company from scratch, so to speak, as mm -hmm. well as creating beautiful candles. How did you manage to do the marketing side to get all these orders in and people queuing at your door? Well, that, that's the amazing thing about social media um, is it enables anybody really to have a platform to launch their business. Yeah. Um, so we didn't spend a penny on advertising. Um, I took all the photos on my iPhone. You know, use professional photographers and stuff now. And yeah. as I said, it's much more, um, much more slick. But back then, you know, marketed it all myself. Really encouraged my friends and family to share our page on Facebook, and everything came from recommendations and word of mouth. Yeah. Um. So we really harnessed the power of Instagram and Facebook. So, Drew, did you expect your business to grow so quickly? It must have been quite overwhelming running everything single-handedly, you know, prior to taking on your business partner and, and, and things. Mm -hmm. So what, what did you do, you know, going back to them when it really took off? It was a lot of work. I never really felt overwhelmed. I, I was just excited and enjoyed yeah. and yeah. passionate. And if you've got that fire in your belly, you know, you feel you can do anything, you know. And so it was exciting. And... I got my next door neighbor, I started paying her to help me. And so she was, yeah, helping me really like my, my assistant, so to speak, yeah. helping me with the clear up and packaging and labeling and yeah. Well, how long ago was it you actually opened up your shop? Cause you moved premises then, didn't you, from your home? Like on, on an industrial estate at Birkenhead, um, we took over one of the, the units. So we started selling from there in a similar way to how I was inviting people into the home yeah um but i didn't like that because people saw too much about how it was done and we definitely had a few spies so then we took over another industrial unit opposite in the the courtyard um, and it had a corrugated iron roof and a roller shutter and breeze block walls but we kitted it all out like a boutique you know we had chandeliers installed and oh, bought beautiful lovely. furniture and rugs it was well we made it nice at the end of the day it was on an industrial estate in Birkenhead but it um it was a clever idea because we were under the business rates threshold peppercorn rent and we kind of used that to our advantage as well from a pr perspective so i sent press releases to you know the national newspapers and the 
Daily Express picked it up and did a huge feature on us, which was brilliant in the, uh, yeah, it was like a full page. Brilliant. I hope you've got that frame somewhere. Taking uh, well, not frame, but another world somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then after that, we took on a shop in the Royal Albert Dock in Liverpool, which was great. So that was just like a pop up um, over Christmas. That was Christmas 2018. And then now we've moved again. So we've got all the manufacture on site here and then we've got a boutique shop front and offices and stuff. So we're in Birkenhead Town Centre. There's like a big, huge unit with like a Domino's pizza underneath and a big carpet warehouse. And then we've got the upstairs where we make everything and then there's a shop front. Come, I'm going to have to come along. I'm going to have to come and visit your shop. Definitely. So we have to drop in a few celebrity names here, Drew, because they're so deserved. So first of all, where does Paris Hilton fit into to all this? But have you been in Vogue magazine? We've had amazing press, in fairness. Um, so we released the world's most expensive candle two years ago to coincide with the royal wedding. Wow, and is it this, was... Is this gold? Is it made out of gold, this one? Oh, gold, and it was just so expensive to produce. <gasps> we used the world's most rare rose oils and... Indian jasmine and it just smelt incredible but that that I was really shocked so we had a PR company that we worked with in London and she syndicated um, a press release about it and it was picked up by Forbes magazine in France, um, Harper's Bazaar in Brazil, Mexican magazines yeah so it was so if you if you you Google world's most expensive candle, it comes up and then there's loads of articles in Russian and Chinese and so it's part. But um, Paris, um, I, I love Paris Hilton, so I've always been a huge fan. fan. And I've met, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've met her a few times and she's just been so like gorgeous and yes. kind and warm and welcoming. So I went to see her DJ in Marbella and I took her some candles. Um, she loved them and she's just been really supportive ever since. So she um, asked us to design a fragrance for her wedding. But then she parted ways with her fiancé. Um, and then she's she's done loads of stuff for us on social media. Yeah, uh, that's really great. What a great support. Yeah. So Drew, can I ask this world's mm-hmm. most expensive candle? Yeah. It was worth? Can I ask that question? We, yeah, of course. Well, um, <laughs> I should have said that actually, shouldn't we? You know, they they retailed for £750. Wow. And um, we had 12, 12 of them. So Paris has got one. Um, and then we auctioned a few off for charities. And yeah. Did you say it was 24 karat gold? Yes. So never want to burn that candle, would you? You just would no, never want to any, a match anywhere. Near, would you? So you now supply to over 30 independent retailers nationwide and you ship yep. across the globe and you've won Best Startup Business back in May 2018. So tell us more about that. Yeah, so um, we've got a network of retail partners that sell our candles for us. Um, anything from high-end florists to... Uh, spas to boutique hotels and in fact we just before lockdown happened we'd signed a deal with John Lewis so we're going to be in um, stocking in John Lewis in the Trafford Centre by Christmas. That's fantastic isn't it? Really so exciting, yeah. can, can you say which fragrances have you chosen? Everything? It will be everything yeah. That's fantastic mm-hmm. really good. Despite Drew's amazing success It hasn't all been plain sailing. 
This isn't your first business venture, Drew, is it? Now, I found this really interesting. So let's go back to your younger years then, when you when you first left university, as you previously mm-hmm. described this experience as a complete disaster. So let's yeah. talk through this. You were quite young, in the early 20s, is that right? Just 22. And I bought a 13-bedroom guest house on Canal Street in Manchester, the famous Canal Street. I mean, that's amazing. Um, Just think about that, though. You were how old? 22, 23? I was, I was so young and naive and inexperienced. If I'd done it now, I'd be a millionaire. But, yeah, but, but yeah, you still, entrepreneur, you were still thinking that way. And to do that at that age is still pretty phenomenal. Well, do you know what? I was, like, really embarrassed slash ashamed for a long time about it but now oh, I just think that showed some huge balls to do it at the age totally, of 22. Totally huge balls, not many um, people could, yeah. could, would have done that. No and all the mistakes I made second time round with this business I, I haven't so I had it you know. It's a learning curve. Yeah exactly so I wouldn't take it back. So can you tell us a bit more about this? Um, yeah sure I mean yeah, tell us about it. My friend the other day I wish I'd contacted, you know, a few film or TV production companies because it would have made a fantastic fly on the wall um, documentary. It was, there were a lot of characters, as you can imagine. I marketed it as um, a, bit, a bit like a, a budget hotel, like a travel lodge. Yeah. Um, so people, you know, hen parties or stag do's or whatever would come and stay at the weekend. Um, and we were busy during the week as well with business people and yeah um, conferences and things yeah also and then conservative party conference it was always fully booked for that (laughs) (laughs) but no it was it was really fantastic yeah i met met some uh, met some great people so uh yeah just wish it'd been recorded for posterity because it would make for great viewing definitely so how long did you have it for how long did it run for i only had it about um less than 12 months i think I'd done it all on my own and I ended up making myself ill really from exhaustion and work. No. So I had I had a breakdown um when I was twenty-three. Um and that took me about eighteen months to recover from and and get well. So I'm quite open about mental health, particularly in men and you know, my my experiences with that. So yeah, yeah. Less than twelve months I had it for. Um it would have been a lot of work for a whole family running it, but I was doing it single handedly. So I know and I should have known really thinking back that the thirteen bedroom, you know, I'm quite superstitious with numbers as well. <laughs> Number thirteen, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So do you think it was because you literally burnt yourself out or was it financially or advertising or was it a mixture of all of it? I was great at the marketing side of it. Yeah and the branding but I just didn't get my numbers right at all I didn't know what it cost to let out a room I didn't didn't ever negotiate with my suppliers on prices I didn't you know it, it was just a disaster what a great experience so like you say great what you created now really and yeah. from your experience from that you might not have done so well you don't know I don't think I would I think this would have been a, a failure second you know if I'd done this instead um but no I, I just I was working like 100 hours a week and it was just it's just can't you know happen, can it? It can't no, no not at um, all so drew what's next for owen drew there's quite a few exciting things but i can't, can't say <laughs> i can't no. but I'll, I'll there's television involved i'll wow. say that brilliant what imminently or in the next few months or? well again lockdown delayed things yeah, um <laughs> i know but hopefully september the filming will happen 
and uh, BBC, we're talking BBC. I'm so proud of you, you know. I know we've only met Thank a few you. times, haven't we, uh, with these network networking meetings, but like I say, when I got the brief through, I just thought, what an amazing story. And I loved the story about the hotel when you were younger, because like you say, who would, who would have the chance to do that? Do you know what I mean? So you can no. never look at it as a failure or a disaster because it's a learning curve. I'm a true believer in that. So what you've achieved is amazing. So a big pat on the back. Thank you. So for our listeners then, Drew, if anybody wants to come and see your shop or get in contact with you or any advice at all, how can they get in touch? So our website is owendrew.com. If you want to find our shop, just put Owen Drew into Google Maps, it will come up. Um, you can contact me on social media. It's Mr. Owen Drew on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And, you know, if there's anybody out there that wants to start a business or who just wants to, to help, you know, run a few ideas past me, I'd be you know, more than happy to share any wisdom that I can or any tips or, you know, I've even helped a few startup candle companies. So, um, yeah, I'd be delighted. I'd love to hear from anybody. Brilliant. Well, it's been great. Thank you very much for joining us today. I wish you all yes, the best. Yes, thank you. You've been listening to An Appetite for Life, sponsored by Daybank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. If you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show, then you can contact me via my social media pages, Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send an email to Kelly at btinternet.com.